I'm pretty excited for this. Let's do it. <laughs> DJ Rex Roberts over here. I'm sorry, I don't have that. Burr, 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 burr. <laughs> R squared. All right. I've always hated that name. <laughs> Welcome to the first live show of the Hard Pick Mining Company with your Denver Five. <laughs> All right, this is pretty yeah. fun, guys. I feel like we need positions now. This is pretty fun. So, uh, COVID uh, has uh, let allowed us to finally uh, be together. So, four of us of the Denver Five are together. Thanks, science. One of us on the line. Uh, science has been good to us. Uh, so, it's been fun. Science has not been good to the person on the phone. He's uh... <laughs> some struggles. Uh, we'll get to no that. comment. <laughs> well, the Nuggets uh, had a heck of a game tonight against uh, Houston. Huge yeah. win. Huge I'm, win. Uh, I, as much as you can have a statement win against just a terrible team, terrible. I feel like this was a wins. statement win. They're not good. I mean, that was a very wreck statement. Well, Jokic didn't have Jokic didn't <laughs> well, have to yeah, play the fourth yeah. quarter. A, that's that's huge for us. Where was Bobo's double double? <laughs> <laughs> On the bench where it belongs. His, his name. That's about it. Well, uh, the Nuggets tonight uh, ended up blowing out uh, the Houston uh, 128 to 99 at the end there. Heck of a game. Uh, it, it was, was such good a good see. game that we didn't really watch it. We watched <laughs> Andrew's child yes. most of the game. Yes. She's God, cute. You guys were troopers. Absolute <laughs> troopers. Welcome to you my life. You had some uh, in game entertainment? Yeah, everyone, uh, everyone's a wolf. It's great. A lot of wolf. Uh, got a lot of. Uh, she was uh, confused. Puff and puff and blowing the house down. She was uh, confused <laughs> on that we were not playing Minnesota. So it happened. Yeah, that's yeah. that's that's very true. Did a Velcro tail. She was hanging from the front most of the time. It was. We're, we're gonna have to cut all this part out. <laughs> well, so uh, I'm curious, guys. So uh, Houston's a terrible team. Uh, uh, they're you know, the worst, bottom of the barrel in the West. Uh, they're definitely going to be a lottery team. But it uh, felt like a good team for us to play after the Jamal Murray uh, injury. Like you need to feel good game. It was a feel-good game. Uh, MPJ uh, is kind of something that I want to talk about a little bit. Uh, he had a, uh, what I thought was actually a pretty uh, good game. Uh, nice to see him kind of bounce back from a couple games ago. He was uh, pretty weak uh, in terms of his shooting percentage uh, off, the, uh, off the floor. I don't know what you guys thought about his play. I mean, he had one abysmal game. And other than that, I, I, I think he's still, still trending up. I think it's still a genuine, general he, uptick. Here's the question for MPJ: Is with Murray out, if you forced twenty five plus shots a game, can he shoot at the same efficiency? Because if the answer is yes, he needs to shoot twenty five times a game. I don't think so. But I'm curious what you guys think. Well, he played thirty one minutes tonight and shot seven for thirteen for twenty one points. What was this uh, plus minus? He grabbed uh, five rebounds. I, I don't have his plus minus in front of me, but... Expand the stats. Uh, he had a pretty good game. <laughs> At uh, what point he was a plus uh, 24? He was plus 22 to end the game. So, uh, obviously, a huge plus for us to have on the floor there. Yeah, it, it gives you hope, right, with the absence of Jamal, that he can go out and be that second scorer. Jokic looked dominant tonight against a, you know, a tough Rockets... Not a tough Rockets team, um, but... When MPJ can score 20-plus points on 13 shots, the efficiency is there. So 25 shots, and if he keeps that efficient, yeah, sure. All so, day long, yeah, Andrew's if, like, I totally but, agree. But do you think he will, right? Like, if, of course, so right? The, like, let's I, extrapolate there's a more, the stats. There's a more important question than that stat is, can MPJ create his own shot? You guys with, with Jamal shit. out. All over my question, all right? <laughs> Not one of you actually answered it. And can he create his own shot? Yes, he's 6'10", and he only creates his own shot because he doesn't dribble. Well, then right? if So he, guys are there. If he can create his own shot, and he's been shooting this well, then why wouldn't he be able to continue to shoot this well? Because it's a, it's a different style of game when guys try to go up to steal the ball while he elevates to shoot. Versus like guys creating space and then a quick pass. And right. he just can has he that can he create extra his own shot? Well, but l l let me ask this question. How do we feel about him being our number two now? He's always, I don't know. I feel mean, pretty good about it right now. We, we yeah. have to. We have to feel great about it, so let's feel great about it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I do feel good about it. So your question was, how do, well, can he no. remain as efficient at 25 shots a game? Yes. If, so, but it, I think it's a little chicken-the-egg situation here, right? Because you said force it, right? So 
if we have to force 25 shots on him, well, I don't know. But if he can show that he can get to that level and keep the efficiency that he has, then sure. How do you get to that level without forcing it? I think it's, well, uh, like it's going to take <laughs> some time for him you, to you get there, right? You subtract the 20 shots that Jamal was taking every game, and somebody's got to take them. Yeah. Well, Jamal wasn't there, and he hasn't been there, what, the last eight games, and he's not shooting that much. To me, the answer is no, because he's just set on his, he's good efficient and actually good judgment on when he shoots. Jokic has to step up, and Barton has to s- step up. You want Aaron, more from Jokic? I want, Jokic has to, uh, like at some point in the season, Murray and MPJ were the top two scorers, even though Jokic was the best player. And now with Murray going down, Jokic has to go back into that top I mean, scorer that, role. That at one point in the season was two games. That was enough. That was enough <laughs> to right. know that we were like finals contenders. Bush, you're going to bring some stats into this really quick to yeah, settle us down. So, okay, the first game that Murray was out for when he was just resting his knee was Detroit or San Antonio. Do you guys remember which one? I don't remember which one, but it doesn't really matter. We Since won both. that Detroit game, MPJ's field goal attempt, 16, 14, 15, 23, 21, 14, and then whatever he had tonight. So I think he's got to be like, he's good. He could get 20 shots up. Could he knock down, you know, 12? Like that's the percentages he's been shooting so far. Um, I think he can. Maybe not in the playoffs when teams really start keying up on him. But like for the for the last 17 games of the season, I definitely think he can keep it up. Right. I mean, you know, he, when so he curls he, around Jokic, he's deadly. He he laid an egg. I think it was the the Celtics game, right? He was like one for thirteen. Yeah, it's a bad shooting. Night. Right, but outside of that game, he's he's shooting like sixty percent. Yeah, he's like twenty one and ten. So Andrew, you're kind of like uh, moneyballing this a little bit, right? Where that famous Brad Pitt movie, uh, where no, no, that famous Jonah Hill movie. Sorry, yeah, uh, the famous Oakland A's movie. Where basically they lose all of their stars in the offseason. They lose Jason Giambi. They lose Johnny Damon. And the idea is they only need to replace the number of runs that they left, right? So whether they get it out of three players or two players, they don't need to replace Jason Giambi. They don't need to replace Johnny Damon. They need to replace the efficiency, right? The efficiency. So, yeah, I think some of it's going to fall on MPJ's shoulders. Some of it's going to fall on Jokic's shoulders. Some of it's going to fall on... Aaron Gordon's shoulders, and some of it's going to fall on Will Barton's shoulders. I guess the question is, which one of it is the better shoulders to fall on at that point in time? The shoulders that you just dropped it on, none of them are point guards. Are yeah, you, we've, we've sure? got Nikola Jokic. We don't, we don't... Jokic is a guard. Barton is actually a very good Some, passing guy. Somebody and has Gordon to play the is one. very good passer. No, no, it doesn't have to be a traditional point guard exactly. with this team. So unless you're a conformist, Rex, like we are really <laughs> <Wow>. good with, <laughs> with our ability to have five individuals. Not only that, but obviously like Monte Morris is stepping up as the point guard, who is actually the most efficient as far as like assist to turnovers, which it, it's not bad to have a really nice safety net as a he's not going to lose our game guy. To come on in and step in. And with Faku being a very good defender, like he's not bad to have our second unit not have a huge fall off for coming in as well. Yeah. Mon- so Montes. I'm liking Faku on the, you know, with the bench unit a little bit more. He, he seems to be a little bit more in control. And all of a sudden, he's just draining threes. I don't know where the hell that came from. It's because he's talking but shit to the other Faku's, team's point guard. Faku's most, <laughs> most valuable role is just being a piece of shit. He's our. He's yeah, our he's Bill our. Romanowski. In he's our best, Romanowski. Best possible way. <laughs> and we've needed one of those guys. Like we haven't had a good old fashioned piece of shit since Kenyon Martin, hey. right? Like, hey. like the guys hey. that truly like torment other guys. And Faco's defense is not just like I'm a pest. He's good at it. He's, he's actually stripping. Good. Oh yeah, really good handlers. And he's getting guys he's heads. in the way. He transitions his rotation defense. I don't know if you guys noticed, but he will be like a, annoying even to a center who catches the ball, who sees him just sprinting at him, and then he goes and diverts to the guy he should actually get. His court awareness on how he plays defense is as good as I've seen. Uh, I think it's John a- Wall tonight was like, it's game 55. We've yeah. won 11 games all season. Why are you picking me up full court? Right he, was, he, right. he was checking well, out. And then Faku got a bad call. Wall flops. 
fuck who talks shit. And then all of a sudden he's like really upset about it. And you're like, yeah. that's why he's so your guy. John so I think like, I said nothing to you all night long. Why are you here right now? <laughs> like, I'm you not can, here you for can this. Read his I lips. don't want this. Like, just go away. And Faku's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. No, I don't know. It's I, your problem, not think, my problem. I think it's a genuine problem as we get towards the playoffs. Mostly in that there's a handful of players in the West. Uh, mo- Dame Lillard and Steph Curry... Faku is going to just ignite them, and they're going to go off for sixty points. Because yeah, that's a potential. In, no, yeah. his defense is so good; they will not go out. What happened? They, they will get game. pissed. Golden State game. They will get pissed, and then Golden State. He was he good went off he before Faku went Curry. in. Like I'm telling you, Faku's playing him, Steph the whole game. But he's he's not going to get enough minutes to do points. that. He's scoring twenty. Maybe. No, D- Dame is going to go off for fifty-five points. No, just just in spite of Faku. No, no, we're not going to see them. He might, he might go for one game, yeah. but these opposing point he might guards get him are, another game. They're opening up spite stores against Faku. Is that yeah. what you're saying? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and most of the time, I love it. But there's a couple of guys that you're just you, you don't need no, to open that. No, he's good enough to defend to defend any guard in the league. Well, Faku's uh, up to 38 percent from three now on 139 attempts. So, like, that's a decent. That's a deep, decent sample size. He's, oh, that's great. He's becoming pretty reliable, actually. I he, don't, he I don't makes, know. He makes me it, very but. nervous as an offensive player, but defensively, I, I think he's actually an elite defensive guard. But if he can keep draining that three at that percentage, uh, I mean, that's going to be huge for us to have a guy like that. Uh, did you guys see Jokic's over-the-head no look pass. I was the only one that did. Yeah, they didn't show the replay because they were watching the Houston broadcast. We were the just... Houston broadcast uh, that we were definitely not illegally watching. It was ridiculous. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, uh, so good. Uh, sorry, it's so yeah, good. There was a three year old that was uh, diverting our attention. Rex was the only one paying attention to the basketball game at that point. Yep. We were playing. We were playing hide and seek. <laughs> So, Bush, uh, uh, first game after uh, Jamal Murray's injury, we played uh, Miami uh, uh, the other night. Uh, the heck of a win. Uh, Nuggets pulled it out 123-106. Uh, I'm curious. That was kind of a – felt like the team was a little bit in uh, revenge mode. Hey, everyone's counting us out. We're the underdog uh, type of a game. Uh, what, what did you feel like in that game? Um, felt like emotions were pretty high for the team. Yeah, and I thought the quotes after the game were pretty interesting with Jokic basically being, you know, embracing the underdog role, saying he's been an underdog his whole life. I, you know, Joker had gotten really frustrated with the refs over the last several weeks. and You could just see it. It was impacting his game. Tonight, I mean, it's hard to tell with the Rockets, but against Miami too, he wasn't complaining nearly as much. So maybe he's a little bit more focused in kind of rallying the troops a little bit. So... I mean, we have tons of offense on this, Jamal uh, on our team. Jamal is definitely kind of that, you know, heart and soul after the bubble run. And the two-man game is going to be – we're going to miss that a lot. But I'm starting to feel a little bit more uh, – feel a little bit better, you know, a little more Whoa. optimism coming. Whoa. Eric Bush is feeling I mean, optimistic? Whoa. <laughs> we're going to get the Lakers in the first round, which is going to suck. But uh, until that <laughs> point, you know, I'm, I'm riding this high. I think uh, – Jokic is going to be the MVP based on, you know, the ESPN straw poll for whatever the hell that is worth. And we'll, we'll take down the, uh, we'll take the MVP and then, you know, LeBron will probably spank us in the playoffs, but that's okay. God, you were so close to being oh, positive. I know. You, it was like, it was <laughs> almost so there, strong. And then just not, your true colors came out. It's okay. You, you really think we're set for uh, for a Lakers first round matchup? I'm not even worried about them. We're wow. we're really? going straight right. to the finals. Ex- explain the the five on five matchup that you're not afraid of. Who are you worried about? Nobody. Nobody. <laughs> well, until we get to the <laughs> that's Nets. what makes them scary. The, the Nets. The Nets is what you're afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is great. You know what? I mean. You you, got, you mean you're afraid of the best season the Nuggets have ever had? That's your worst case scenario. I think that even without Murray, our team is so good. They're so good, and they're just going to drive right through the playoffs and surprise everyone because they've always overcome adversity. 
We have the best player in the league. MPJ is a rising yeah, star, and Aaron Gordon is a defensive stud. So go ahead and stop us because we're going to just roll right through whoever we face. So everything Jesus. you just Real said. Real estate's a hell of a drug for you, isn't it, Andrew? Oh, my it's, God. He's just a pitch man. <laughs> I told you. Sell, sell, first, sell, sell. First sober show in like 11 weeks. Do you have a dream board hidden in your closet over here that we need to see where it's I sleep like... with it. Thank you. <laughs> it's, just, it's just got Larry so, O'Brien trophy tattooed on you somewhere. So I do want to talk about that for a minute. So, a- Andrew, in terms of our team... Uh, we lost a lot of offense uh, uh, with the Murray injury. What's Jokic going to have to do? I mean, he's been playing clearly at an MVP level. What more can the man do to get us over the hump and, he, and through the playoffs? He doesn't have to do much more. He's so good at reading what needs to be done. He's just going to do it. And that's what an MVP caliber player does, right? So he... Once we got Aaron Gordon, kind of took a step back from scoring as much. So he's almost the third leading scorer on our team behind Murray and MPJ because we had a little bit more of that defense and he could be a facilitator. Now that Murray's out, he's going to have to be the leading scorer and kind of step into that role. And he's also going to learn how to kind of like facilitate through that role. So he doesn't have to do anything as much. I know as this excites Rex I believe yeah. Barton. You think? You think I think. I think Barton has think to step up. You think the answer? He, well, Aaron Gordon is who he is. I don't think he can adjust to be that much greater of a scorer, and he's so solid on defense. He is who he is. I don't think MPJ can all of a sudden shoot it twenty five times and have the same efficiency. I'm hoping Monte Morris can play some D, but if not, we have some roles. Barton to me is the actual X factor, and I am optimistic I, and hopeful okay, I, I don't, he's our guy. I don't actually disagree with the first. That's it. The Cut first the show. Half of That's that. it. Nope. He just didn't disagree. <laughs> no, no, that, that Gordon is who he is. And, and those, what we're asking those guys to do is it, it fits them well. But uh, my fear is that asking Barton to step into that scoring role and take those extra shots and take that last second shot, which I, he, I he wants I to do. I didn't say Barton needs to score more. I said he needs to step up more. And that's the big difference. Then, Barton then is what are you asking really him to do? To either score or facilitate more. And he's and not Murray, that facilitator. He is. He, he has shown that he could be the backup point guard on the team. He's shown that he can also sometimes score in spots, especially if he's a spot up. So I think if you actually push him as a point guard more style role, he's been forced into that role before with the Nuggets, and that's where he will actually step up more than people will be aware. So this is quite the yeah. ongoing feud here. So um... <laughs> seriously, real real quick. Before- I know it's the Rockets, but let's just uh, marvel at the line that Jokic... Oh, my gosh, Bush, you beat me to it. That's what I was going to say. You want to read it off? I do. He played 27 minutes, 10 of 12 from the floor, 1 of 1 from the three-point range, 8 of 9 from free throws, Hmm. 29 points, no turnovers, 2 steals, 7 assists, in 16 rebounds. Holy shit. And did not play the fourth quarter. 29 points in 27 minutes, missed two shots from the field, one from the free throw line, didn't turn the ball over once. What a monster. Wow. It, like, unreal. Like, it, it felt like unreal. What a, it felt like a quiet game. Unreal. Yeah. Exactly. We were watching. You just the, controlled every aspect of it. We were watching the Rockets feed, which I just need to say this on the pod because I said it for three <laughs> hours earlier. Good Lord, can. Just a color analyst on an opposing team, not call Nikola Jokic the Joker the whole time because they are afraid of actually saying his name. They're just terrified, <laughs> shaking just keep, in their boots. They just keep calling him the Joker, but they have no problem, no problem saying Compazzo. It's just it's it's a soft soft C on the back end, guys. To, it's not <laughs> that hard. To be fair, he's been announcing since 1980. Yeah, well, he's a little Who bit. Who was of a, it? Oh, this guy named Bill Morell, who's been uh, the uh, Rockets know. color analyst since 1980. So <laughs> he also said uh, at one point, he's like, oh, yeah, the, the game's changed. We got centers shooting threes. And it's like, yeah, man. Like, what have you been watching? Yeah. Did you not just watch the Rockets just shoot threes for the last four years? Like Harden ball. You think he he'd understand what's going on. Good Lord. Like, I know Clint Capella is a dunker, but, like, everybody else is shooting threes. So, um so yeah. Not your favorite broadcast. It was oh. pretty bad. 
Yeah, well, so when you get to not watch your home team play on your own uh, cable channels, you get to watch a lot of what's going on um, with the other broadcasts. And sometimes you get good ones and sometimes you don't. But the nice thing is, Andrew, we were talking about this. Everybody is like, wow, holy shit, Nikola Jokic is actually really good. Um, And, like, he's maybe the best center we've ever seen play basketball which is really fun to watch. Like they're discovering something that we've been able to watch this whole time. I love every time they talk right about the nuggets, which is the opposing team. And obviously they're a little biased towards their team. They give great compliments to a lot of what we see, right? Like Jokic is the best player in the league. MPJ is like kind of that rising star. And like when he shoots there, it's just like, Oh my gosh, what a pure shooter, which is true. He's six ten, And when he shoots, it reminds you of that like elementary school fundamental video that you saw with the perfect elbow up and the follow through. It's all beautiful. What, what about that? Uh, Jokic deep three though. He, he, he <laughs> the pulled rainbow. the straight that, that up rainbow dame, three was ridiculous. straight up dame. I mean, he was just like, Hey boys, I can make this from deep too. It was beautiful. Well, anyways, uh, it was kind of fun. Uh, uh, four of us got to watch the game together. Uh, we're hoping to maybe do this again next week, uh, and Bush can join us for uh, to have the full Denver Five together. Uh, but moving along here, uh, I think one of the things we want to um, talk about here is uh, Jamal Murray's injury. Yeah, we kind of tiptoed around it a little bit, but uh, obviously the guy, we had an emergency pod a couple days ago, uh, and we know he's going to be out for a while. Um, prayers up to uh, Jamal. So, uh, just <laughs> prayers up. What? Prayer. Have you ever said just, that before in your life? <laughs> just wanted to get a reaction from you guys. Um, <laughs> it worked. Um, so, uh, what do you guys think is, is going to happen? I mean, obviously, uh, we talked about Will Barton kind of stepping up. We talked a little bit about Jokic needing to uh, kind of continue to fill that role. Aaron Gordon playing a little bit more in defense. But, um, the, you know, we're going to need a little bit more because who's going to play the point guard spot and how is that going to play out? Well, I'll, I'll take it from a non-player perspective. I think the emotional letdown is going to be maybe one of the harder things that this team is going to have to face. Obviously, there's the production thing, and I'll let Andrew jump in with whatever he feels like is the right thing here when it comes to actual basketball stuff. But when you've got a guy that you've been playing with for the last five years and you've been working with them and they go down in a, such a horrific way and you know that they're struggling as a person, it's like not easy for you to then divorce yourself from those tough feelings about somebody that you really care a lot about to then go out and continue to operate at a high level. So if the Nuggets can keep, and they have these last couple games, their head in it and their energy in it, that's the probably the first step. And then the second step is the basketball piece of it. Because if they are mentally checking themselves out and thinking like, we have no shot now that Jamal is gone, well, then they really aren't going to have a shot. But if they can show that they've got the fight in them, then yeah, then it becomes a little bit more X's and O's of how they stagger lineups. Who do they bring in? Do they sign people, et cetera? It's, I mean, we're two I games in. I feel like in. the first two, yeah, it's the first two games they've kind of shown, right? Like they feel they're, they're not giving up. That's for, that's for damn sure. I'm, I'm going to be excited to see when Jamal gets back on the bench because I'm assuming, you know, he'll be a major cheerleader. He's got to be in a suit on the bench. He's got to be. Oh yeah. No, there's no way he wears oh, yeah. a suit. <laughs> and he'll be he'll bring the energy chance. that way. Oh, totally. Like he he won't be away from it. Uh, you know, it's one of those where the Nuggets have faced a lot of challenge, especially in the last couple of years from a playoff perspective, and they've had to really fight for the wins that they've had, which all those guys have gone through. Jamal was definitely a part of it, but they've all kind of went through that together, and so I think that will hopefully carry them from an energy perspective. Do- so that's the big question for me. Is I mean, yes, they bounced back for the last two games. These are emotionally two easy games to bounce back from. The first game back and then a, a garbage team in Houston. What happens when they hit some real adversity, when they hit some real difficult teams? And then when they hit the playoffs and they have to dig deep for it, can they find it? Well, yeah, no, I agree. I'm, I'm just glad that they didn't shit the bed against these two teams, right? Because I think yeah, that almost would have been yeah, more absolutely. telling if they actually played terrible against the Rockets and they get blown out by them like actually in the heat are good like the heat aren't a bad team mm-hmm. like they, no, they made the good. nba finals last year right now they've had an off year but they were nba finals caliber so to not have the letdown immediately is you got to be feeling at least pretty good if you're malone and the coaches like okay the guys are still with it like it sucks but they're still with it 
Well, we got a couple of games coming up here that I'm really curious about. Uh, the Grizzlies, I think, is interesting just in general because John Moran is fun. Um, yeah. He's a highlight reel type of a player. Um, he's been pretty cool to watch in terms of what he's been able to do as a second-year player. But more importantly, uh, the Trailblazers, who are uh, absolutely a playoff team, uh, mm-hmm. curious to see what we do against them um, and how we're going to react to uh, – what Dame is probably going to end up doing, what always ends up doing, you know, he's going to score 20-plus, um, most likely uh, hit the 30 level here. But, uh, Andrew, I, I, I don't know how you're feeling about this, but, like, realistically in terms of um, our team's, you know, uh, opportunities here going forward with Jamal being out, I mean, both physically um, and then in the game sense, um, how do you think we're going to react? Well, when I think about the Nuggets, I think of it like embody a person, right? And so Jokic is definitely, like, the head and the brain, and I always thought Murray was the heart, right? Like he was that guy who was, okay, cool. We're down three, one, let us push us over that obstacle. I'm really happy, not happy, but for the circumstances that this happened at this point of the nuggets progression over those last five or 10 years versus two or three years ago, I think we've hit that maturity point that can we overcome this? Yes. I, I think so. Are we better than Portland? Absolutely. I mean, come on, Portland, but um, you know, I careful I think, about the Portland moms. I, I uh, I'm not worried about them. But the the thing that concerns me is how we actually like function as a unit and how we can overcome kind of that ad- adversity. Because the thing I'm curious about Morris is Morris's offense is good. I'm not worried about our starters, but I'm a little curious on how our defense will do against elite guards. And, and that's always been kind of like that potential kryptonite. And then Gary Harris came in. Now Will Barton's a little bit bigger and Murray's defense yeah. was really solid. So like we know Murray or like Morris's assist to turnover ratio, but I'm not really sure he's ever been tested against an elite guard. And I think that's what it'll show. But I, I do think that we have enough players and skills to kind of overcome what we need. And we can do a plug and play because to be honest, while more, more Morris is going to be the starting point guard down the stretch. Maybe it's Dozier, and maybe Dozier is the better defensive guard, and you have Barton playing that kind of point guard-ish role, but realistically that role is dump it to Jokic in the low post and then let the offense run through him. So I think we have a lot of options and versatility in how we approach it, um, and we have the maturity to overcome it. So hopefully that I think happens. that opens the the biggest question door right now is – do the Nuggets add a piece? And what would they ask that piece to do? This year? Like in the next week. Well, I, I believe they're going to sign Austin Rivers, who I, I think will be a great signing. But realistically, like if you're talking about a team wanting to make an NBA playoff run and you're talking about a very late season free agent pickup, like you better hope that it's not our season is not dependent on some random guy that no one else wanted two thirds of the season in. <laughs> we saw a little bit of uh, Shaq Harrison tonight. That was the other guy that we recently picked up. He got a little bit of garbage time in. It was He's fun to, to see like, him though. Oh. I didn't hear that one. I said it, it was fun to see him in. Like he was like trying to strip the ball from the other team getting the defensive rebounds. He had pretty quick hands. But again, I mean, Shaq Harrison is not someone that I'm too optimistic on. Austin Rivers might fill a little bit of a void off the bench. I mean, I think we've been concerned the entire season on that second unit and how they gel. And I don't think we've quite figured it out, right? Like, we know that Jermichael Green-Millisap duo doesn't quite work. I might be the only one out of the Denver Five here that thinks JaVale should not hit the court ever. <laughs> um, and so, like, I think we have big man questions, but I think we have enough options on our one through three, maybe four-ish people to to still be successful. Even if we have big man questions, we have big man options. We don't have small man options. Well, let's talk about P.J. Dozier for a second here. Um, so he's a guy who's uh, potentially going to be able to come in here and uh, uh, play some good defense for a short period of time. Andrew, you like the guy. Do you think he's going to be able to fill a decent role for us? Yes, right, because he's a defensive stud. And on offense, we have so many options and weapons that it just doesn't matter. Like there is a lot of versatility on offense, so it's really like how do we gel as a unit 
And if he can stay within his lane, then we will be successful. Do you think he plays a bit of a Tory Craig role from last year? Ooh. I, I, I think he has an elevated Tory Craig role. Tory Craig was like more was, offensive. Yeah, I think he has more offense. Like Tory Craig was very solid on defense. He didn't Tory Craig didn't do great against speedy defenders. Um and I, I think Dozier is like very solid in his role on defense, but he can score. The fear with like Dozier is that he thinks he's a scorer, and yes. then all of a sudden he starts shooting more, yeah. which is taking shots away from other actual scorers, and he takes these just like not great awful shots. Are you talking yeah. about Will Barton? Shots. He's the second <laughs> unit, Will Barton. So, Bush, I don't. You, you're kind of our stats guy. Uh, how do you feel about Dozier? I, I feel like he can play a decent role for us, but as Andrew's right, his offensive game has just been not on par this year. It feels like he's almost taken a step back at that point. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what Andrew's saying because if he stays in his role, I think he'd be great. You know, we could run a lineup of Dozier, Barton, Gordon, MPJ, Jokic. The smallest guy on the court is six six. Yeah, swallow like, everybody up. That that could be pretty awesome on the defensive end. And then, you know, you throw in the fact that uh, Dozier, for kind of, you know, his bad shot selection faults, he is knocking down like 35% from three. So if he can just kind of spot up, he can, he can you know, be useful in that sense of, you know, Torrey Craig was never even close to a 35% three-point that shooter. Was, that so. was mostly just the Miami game, though. <laughs> I mean, he, that was great finally to see him do, you know, kind of what he looked like a little bit in the playoffs last year. But then today, you know, he wasn't very, you know, he, he kind of stunk it up again. But I I love the idea of those five guys closing games potentially. Does Malone go to it? I don't know. The one other thing I worry about is, have you noticed like the trend with Will Barton not being able to throw Jokic the ball? Yes, he did it earlier today. He keeps like that that in, insert pass, like, and he always just like a little too high, and it just goes yeah. off the top. Yep. Like that's where we miss Murray. Like yeah. there's a couple times exactly. it's just like Murray hits that, and it's just right a little buddy in. And that's where like you know Monte, he's because he the way that he protects the ball, you know he'll get. Jokic into his spots, which is key. But that that'd be my biggest concern is if Barton moves into that kind of point forward kind of role, he's just a little loose with it. And, you know, we could be turnover prone as a team. And if Barton is running point like that, that's my biggest fear with him. Because otherwise, I think that five man lineup could be pretty devastating if they start clicking. I, I do think our Achilles heel will be on turnovers. Like, if we can control our toner turnovers, which is true for most teams, but especially for the Nuggets, because I think we have a lot of really efficient scores when they shoot. But if we're turning the ball over, like the transition, we're not the fastest team. We're a big team, but we're definitely not the fastest. So, I mean, I, I think that is absolutely the key going forward. Well, we've got about 16 games left um, before the playoffs here. So we've got a little bit of an opportunity here for uh, Malone to have a – a little bit of a play with the starting lineup uh, with some of the reserves and kind of see how we're going to go into the playoffs. Uh, currently sitting in that fourth spot here, uh, a couple games up on the Lakers. What do so, we, what do we back in the clips? Two and a half, three, three games, it's three. three games, it's three now. Well, I guess two and a half probably after tonight. Yeah. Cause they've got, they've they, got, they just in, lost to Philly in. tonight and we won. Hey, can we talk about MPJ a little bit more? Yes, please. What is MPJ elevates his game to a whole different level in the playoffs. And then Murray gets back next year, and it's like, oh, yes. Murray gets to be the third guy, yeah. not the second guy. You, you oh. think he could handle being the third guy? I do. You I do? don't know. I, I don't know that. I actually don't know if he could handle it or not. Could we afford it? Well, we're already paying MP, We're already playing Jamal and Jokic, so they're not going anywhere. So it's the MPJ cost on the backside, but... Which is know. already there. What, We're what, already what, is, what has made MPJ. you think that Jamal couldn't be a third guy? Like, would be a, would be good with that? What has, like, happened in his career that makes you think that he would I, be not good with I that? I think it's a last shot mindset of that he wants to be the guy to take the last shot. Okay. Yeah, but I feel like he's given up a lot of that to Jokic. I think I think he's realized Jokic is I, one of the best clutch players that's ever played. I, I do, but only because it's a different shot. Because Jokic's last shot is a 
he's got the matchup. He's going to back somebody down, and he's going to take a shot that we know is best for the team. It's not a, I need to create my own shot, do the step back, do like the highlight deep three that Jamal knows that he can take. If he's not the guy to do that, I I don't know if he's ready for it. Do you think he has the choice next year coming off yeah, an ACL tear? I like he's not really going to have a choice, right? Like that's the thing. If he comes back. It'll when be he, like in March or whatever, right? right? So he's coming back into, um, you know, like uh, a situation that he hasn't been a part of. He's watched the whole time. Right. It's going to take him time. It's not like he's going to come back like firing darts immediately, right? And that that's probably the best best argument for that to happen for him to step into the three is to allow himself to know that he needs to step into that role slowly and that he doesn't have it yet. So I think this is going to be the greatest thing for MPJ's career to happen. So it's it's absolutely terrible for Jamal and absolutely terrible for the Nuggets in general, I think. But for MPJ, he's going to be forced into a role now where he's shown, as Andrew pointed out, that he can be extremely efficient now the question is, you know, how efficient can he be on that kind of next level? But also, how efficient can he be as the number two guy who people are going to be gunning for um, at the end of the day? I'm not sure he has an ability for his game to change. I'm not asking for really? his game to change. Right. Well, the, uh, we've seen his game develop this season. When you sit around Jokic and Jokic feeds you the ball. But I'd we saw his direct. game develop because he's starting to play defense is is not just targeted by the other team. He's a very good scorer, but again, I mean when we talk about the next level in my mind, his defense is elevated. Yep. We know he's an efficient scorer. When are we going to see him shoot 25 times a game? If the answer is no, then it's not on him, it's on another player and for the Nuggets. I think that's the op- we have 16 games injured. I think it's a great opportunity to find that out because yep. you know what? Jokic is still right. going to attract a lot of attention. So we have how many games? 16. How many do you think he shoots over 23 times? Twice. Exactly. Yeah, but Andrew, <laughs> I think you're look at our team. Is too high in general, though. Yeah. Right, okay. Like so, so 20, we, 20 shots a game would be a lot. That's right. Jokic is at like 18. Murray wasn't shooting well, uh, that, you know. I mean, so this, which, sho- from, which shows like, well, what a game team game, game we have, Steph right? Steph like, Curry just dropped 50, and he shot 15 times. Yeah, but come on. <laughs> I, I don't want I don't want outlier stats, right? I'm come sorry. on. Murray, just... aver- Murray was averaging sixteen and a half. So that's seventeen called seventeen shots that need to go around now. So right. how many of those seventeen do you want MPJ to get now? I mean I would like ten of them. <laughs> and I would like Jokic to have the other seven. But realistically, yeah, okay, fine. So if we put 20, I would like to see him take 22. I mean, that's what I think of when I think of someone stepping up is like a significant more than what you were doing in the past. And so that's kind of the question is like, we have that kind of like Pistons, Chauncey, Rip Hamilton, that team that I absolutely loved effect of a true team game. And so it's like with Murray going out, do we then turn into these other superstar teams that's just a two-man show or do we continue to be a team game and my strong gut is we continue to be a team game, which does not put it on MPJ's shoulders. We have other guys to do that. See, but- I, I I love the energy and I love the sentiment there. Where's but the you, butt? But, <laughs> <laughs> but you're putting up in the pedestal the one team, quote unquote, team that won a championship in the last 20 years. Only one. Mavericks. Yeah, the Dirk. The Dirk. Boom. Yeah. They, had, they had they had Dirk. 2011 Dirk. No, no, no. They had Dirk. And we have, we have Dirk. And we have Dirk. J.J. Barea. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Do you have no. a quota? Like, is he paying you <laughs> to keep dropping his Love name? Some J- <laughs> yeah. I never thought Jokic would average 26 a game like he is this year. If Of the three guys of Murray, MPJ, and Jokic, I actually thought MPJ probably could be the most likely guy to average like 25 a game. Yeah. Now, you know, Joker's already doing it this year. I, I didn't think Murray would ever maybe get there, um, I, at least on this team with Nicola. So, you know, maybe maybe we have a uh, MPJ, you know, playoff moment like we had with Murray last year, and he's leading the team in the first round. We're beating the Lakers, and I'm, you know, losing my mind so excited about it. 
then, you know, Jokic dominates the second round and we're back in the Western Conference Finals. Like, that could could be a formula. I'm going to go a little rogue here. Can we rank who we think, like, of the top four teams that's not us, who can we beat the easiest to the hardest out of the top four? Yes, I had this exact question in mind. Phoenix. So, like, we got Phoenix, Utah, Lakers, Clippers is the top four. Yep. All right, let's start with the Clippers. Well, we wait. Is we, that your ranking, or so? So the, think, did no, the Clippers num, are the number easiest? one is the easiest, and then number four will be the most difficult. Well, I think Phoenix is the easiest. I agree. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, we've demonstrated this here. Like, we we can take Phoenix. Um, I'll actually take uh, Clippers after that. Then I'll, then I'll take Utah. We're doing top yeah. four. We are. The yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm well, the most. Lakers. I'm the most. And then the Lakers, the Lakers is the most. Lakers on the most. Assuming scared. they're healthy. Assuming, assuming they're healthy. Assuming which AD is coming back, um, and LeBron, we don't know yet, but AD is coming back. Interesting. All right. Well, I, Andrew, you feel? I feel like you don't agree with that. I. It was really just a question that I was throwing out there. Wait, I mean, you, I think, you asked the question without having an answer in mind. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's de- he's delegating. He's delegating. Realistically, I don't really care. We're going to beat the crap out of all four of them. So that was my answer. Oh, wow. Again, hell of a drug over here. Yeah. Feels right. super positive. Bush, I feel like you've got a different ranking, though. Well, no, well, we even include the Jazz in that, did we? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mike, put a, Mike put them... No, third, I, third I, hardest. It, oh, you did. He wanted if, he if wanted Clippers it, above Utah. Although I, Donovan I, Mitchell just went down with a right ankle injury, and we're not sure oh, how severe that is. Oh, really? Yeah, I guess we're not sure. But we're not sure. No. I mean, I think a healthy AD LeBron is still at the top of the West. But agreed. You know, Phoenix hasn't been there before. I'm not scared of them, so they're at the bottom. We seem to own the Jazz, but the Jazz are just yeah. dominating. Right, I, I feel like we're supposed we're to be scared of the Jazz, but I I don't see why or how. <laughs> well, it's the Donovan Mitchell explosion stuff, right? And, and, now, and Gobert's great. I mean, he's a great player. Right, and, and I guess like the argument that I've been making all season is the reason that I wanted to see the Jazz in the playoffs is because the Donovan Mitchell-Jamal Murray matchup. Oh, they hate each other. Yeah. Well, just, they, they hate love each other. It is yeah. just magic. They bring out the best worst in both of in each other, and... I guess not having that matchup in the playoffs, I would be genuinely a little scared of Donovan Mitchell. Well, do yeah. we think that home court will make much of a difference? If we're there, yeah, absolutely. Number five, <laughs> to some extent, right? So, like, it's now May. It'll be May, late May, by the time the playoffs start. Right? Yeah, Is that kind of right. the right timing? Yeah, because uh, the playing game I think starts around May seventeenth, eighteenth, something like that. So. In Denver, at least, the governor is now punting everything to local officials. How long before they start pulling back? Like, I got an email from the Denver Zoo today saying, we're not going to let have you wear masks when you're outside. Really? The Denver Zoo. That's surprising. Which, like... Is owned by the city and county of Denver. Yeah, so the Denver Zoo emails today saying, as long as you're inside a building, you got to put a mask on. If you're outside a building and you're just walking around, you're fine. So how long before right. Ball Arena is like, okay. I Honestly, I think the big push is the All-Star Game coming to Coors Field in that. So July? No. Oh. Yeah, yes. But that. Oh, that, that idea. That of idea. Like, we, that's, our, that's the milestone of like. Right. No masks, no restrictions. Absolutely. No yeah. masks, no restrictions by that date. Yeah. And to, I gotcha. to get up to that, I, I think. There's much more pressure to relieve the restrictions in the city of Denver yeah. because of it. So there. Are so one... What do you think? Maybe we get half half of ball arenas full for the playoffs. Like they're at a quarter right now, right? Basically, yeah. you yeah. got to get to one full ball uh, before they let everybody in. <laughs> Just the one. Yeah, it's tough. The second one. Yeah, but they're going to crank the ticket prices up, as we already know. So it's going to be only the most motivated, both home and away fans. I'll be there. God, I can't wait. <laughs> But but these uh, the players haven't had any cheering in a full year. It, it has they haven't to have listened to this podcast. <laughs> Not during the game, Patrick. <laughs> well, I I gotta imagine even that uh, the first few games that they've had have probably made a little bit of a difference, right? Like the the momentum aspect. Absolutely, of it. they, they yeah. mentioned that too. Yeah. 
Who who mentioned that? The, well, the Nuggets. <laughs> Just God. the the players in general. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they did. They were like, it was great to have fans that really excited us, and therefore we won. So may they have the same speech for the playoffs. Something was supposed to happen there, Rex. All right, so we had a out of left field. Oh, wow, oh. Rex has got sound effects tonight. <laughs> to be fair, watching him force to push the button, rude. <laughs> I feel like he turned my mic down. But uh, um, so uh, all right, I, I got think a question. I, I got. Oh. I was already ready for my question. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Andrew, Andrew first, Mike. Second. I was I was Let's ready go. to transition into Sieber. Oh, throughout way out of left field that we are getting rid of Barton next season and putting in Chris Paul. I never said that officially, obviously. He didn't. I, that, okay. No I'm, you know what? I want to use this as a tease. We're, we're going to, we're going to go back into it in a second. I want you to talk about your business, Andrew. So My we're going to take great. a quick break here. Just a, just a quick commercial break sponsor. So just the Abrams Ooh. momentum group. My business is great. Therefore you should hire us. Did a sixth grader write that sentence? Come on, we can My three year old did. Just feel it. Let's talk about home. Imagine yourself, this is your bedroom. You just bought your house. You're there, lying down. It's a looking up. With a big and you're just like, bathroom. this couldn't have been possible. How did she you're know? like, without the Abrams Momentum Group. They did us oh, right. Yeah. Ooh, is this a waterbed? All night long. Every day. Thank you, Abrams. I think this is the best. Abrams. Oh, we should Love do these it. live shows every time. You've got me in my house with my Easily the best person yet. We went there, guys. We we absolutely went there. Wow. I, I absolutely <laughs> oh, I loved it. Off. Loved it. Steamy. Sieber actually made out with the microphone. <laughs> Eric, I can't see your hands. <laughs> I recommended this podcast to a coworker today, and uh, I re-listened to the episode I recommended, and about halfway through, Andrew said, I've got two hands <laughs> jerking somebody like- off. And I was like, ugh. Not maybe the best thing. Though. That was my best comment out of all of these episodes. There was a great satirical joke in that one. Uh, all right. So that, that, that actually leads to an interesting question that uh, Andrew just brought up there is, all right, so the Nuggets going to win the championship this year, but what do we do next yes. year? <laughs> Thank you. Well, so the conversation we were having before the podcast was more about the fact that Jamal is going to be out for an extended period of time into next season. And we're obviously in a window where we're feeling really great about Nicola. MPJ has taken a step. We've got a lot of young guys on our team that are playing extremely well. And we're going to be down a player that carries a lot of load for us. And we're going to be down him for a long time. So Tim Connolly, who has a really tough job in Calvin Booth as GM, I've got to start thinking about the fact that Yes, we're going to get Jamal back. And yes, Jamal is going to work extremely hard to come back to the team. But we're going to be missing a strong component. So the thought is, do they try and make a move for a year? So Chris Paul is the name I said. It's not what's going to happen. But the concept, I think, kind of translates in the fact that it's got a player option for next year. Point guard is probably the deepest position in all of the NBA to find somebody that is of starter quality. So do you take a swing and get somebody like Chris Paul who could potentially opt out of a Suns deal and you you sell him on the fact of, Chris, it's one year. You've got Nikola Jokic. Jamal Murray's going to come back. You've got Michael Porter Jr. You've got Aaron Gordon. You've got a really strong four here that you could just steer for three quarters of the season Jamal comes back probably in a reduced role until he gets comfortable, but you can be the guy to help us get us to the place where we're going to be at a spot in the playoffs. And that's really what it's getting at. It's not so much that we're going to replace anybody, but we really do have an open starter point guard spot, obviously for the next 16 games in playoffs, but for three quarters of next year. 
So what does that look like for the Nuggets? So let's open this up for just one second here. So you mentioned Chris Ball, but there are a lot of other players that are going to be uh, are, you on, are you on uh, SportTrack? The, so I'm on SportTrack. Yeah. It's I, a great I would, website. Yeah. I would really love if we could have some other names of people that I hate a little yes. bit less. So I'm going to throw out a few more names uh, that are potential possibilities uh, because we all debated uh, Chris Ball a little bit earlier. Uh, but Chris Paul's up, Kawhi Leonard, Mike Connolly, uh, Kyle Point, Lowry. Can you just go to point guards like Kyle Lowry, right? Like it's mm-hmm. he's his contract ends at this season, at the end of this season. Dragic, right? hurt hard, mm-hmm. but okay. Tim Hardaway Jr., Dennis Schroeder. I hate him. Uh, Danny Green. <laughs> can you just filter on JJ point guards? Reddick. Can you please just filter on point? I'm guards? on my phone, buddy. <laughs> But the the point is is that there are a lot of uh, shooting guards and point guards that we could potentially yeah. get out of this. Sure. Um, you go to Mike Conley, I think, is great. Uh, Kyle Lowry is great. Chris Paul is great. Um, even DeMar DeRozan um, would be a, de- a decent addition for us. The The thing that we have as a team is that we don't um, need a true point guard. We need someone who's going to assist the team in, in kind of uh, uh, getting Jokic off of some of the pressure that he has in terms of being our, our kind of true point guard that he is right now. So here's the question as he was asking here is, is there someone we need to add next year to lay off for a year, the Jamal Murray minutes until he comes back March, April, uh, depending on when um, Lauren's professional well, diagnosis. Gets and, back. and the question is actually <laughs> steps further, right? Because if it's Murray's coming back as the starting two guard, what mm. we're really saying is who can we supplement Barton with that's a better actual point guard, right? Because we still have Morris, we still have Faku, but is there a better step up? And Chris Paul is the best. I, okay, if we can get Kawhi, of course. But um, Chris Paul would be phenomenal on this team. He's very situational. He doesn't look to score and and would obviously play. I would love Kyle Lowry, too. Both those guys would be great um, and guys that I think would be great additions. The only thing that is uh, in our way with this is... Uh Taxes. Lots and lots of taxes. Lots of taxes. And if uh, I would imagine, per and our as conversation, said, Stan Kroenke doesn't like paying taxes. <laughs> well, and, yeah, I don't think we'll have any room in any like salary cap situation to add anyone of that kind of stature. Well, that's well, it, that's why it's got to be for one year, right? Because you got Aaron Gordon, who's got one year left in a contract, and MPJ's rookie contract is up at the end of next year. So it can't be for distance. So you've got to figure out a way to keep it short. And realistically, they don't even need to do it because our team is a playoff team without Murray and with Monte Morris starting and Faku coming off the bench, both of which we've made abundantly clear that we're not trading this season. Yeah, we, and, can't, we can't trade Monte yeah. Morris. I was really glad we didn't <laughs> trade Monte Morris this season. I'm now well aware of that. But you talked to me last week. Who knows? But... um. Yeah, so I mean that's the difficulty, but we're not playing that game. All right, we're playing the game of who do we want, and we are going to come out with picket fences and saying, "Let's get some Chris Paul on the Nuggets." So, are we? I mean, maybe Lowry actually would. I don't know. Maybe he would fit in terms of salary and doing a one-year deal. I think Chris Paul, with the way he's playing this year, he's gonna. I bet. Phoenix tries to lock him down for, right. you know, they're going to give him a three-year deal or something. Well, he's got, he's a, got, he's got a millisap deal, right? He's got, like, he's got a player option for like right. $35 million next year. So yeah, the, the so only way that he would... That and then he takes a new three-year $120 million or something. The only way that he something would bounce that is, makes no sense. is if <laughs> they get bounced in the first round and they get embarrassed. Yeah, that's true. Well, a classic Chris Paul. Yeah, but I think, I think for Booker's development, they're going to want to keep it. Yeah, but is that Chris Paul's fault, though, at a place like... Yes, Phoenix. it's They're always Chris Paul's fault. Chris Paul is a terrible playoff point guard. And the Phoenix owner is literally the worst owner in the NBA, so let's just put that out there now. <laughs> you, you Apparently, like, you've you have never like, been to Sacramento. You do not like Robert Sarver? Yeah, well, Sarver is an asshole, so let's just put that out. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm gonna send I, mean, I, don't know enough, I don't know enough to have an opinion, yeah. but I'll, I'll well, take you your should. word for it. Do you okay. want to give us <laughs> the top three there are, like, baby stories of baby goats in the... Uh... Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That? Yeah, yeah, he 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 literally has. Yeah. And, oh, we don't need to get you into guys that, so. both held back, and I don't know what's going on, and I don't like it. For once, I agree with Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> well, three hundred versus one hundred, coming down to the two hundred level. We appreciate you guys. Hey. Oh, you're at we're, club level. We're, we're club level. 
Finally made it. They got brisket up there. Uh, I think that's a good point. Um, I actually do Ooh, like we uh, if we were to get someone like Kyle Lowry or, or even Mike Conley, um, it would be good to have some sort of a kind of a veteran, a uh, good guy that could come in. Uh, Monte is a great player. I think he's a perpetual uh, backup guard. Um, I just don't think he's going to be our number one. Yeah, I don't think there's any evidence in any actions from cool. the Nuggets front office that one of those moves would be made. No. Yeah, I, no. agree. I think the the play is to stick with what you got, knowing that you're a playoff team, you and you probably next season slip into like the most dangerous five or six seed. That's what that's what the play is. That's where the culture piece comes in, right? Yeah. Like they built exactly. this team from the ground up. They're going to rely on that. Why? Why try and shake it up for right. six months? Right to to squeeze out six more wins out of the first two-thirds of the regular season. All right. I'm going to go a little rogue real quick. Would you rather have Aaron Gordon on this team or have Gary Harris and RJ Hampton back with Murray being down? Do you want to, do you want to go no backsies? Is that what you're asking? (laughs) I'm going optional takey backsies. I think Aaron Gordon. Yeah. I think, I think 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 it's just experience and, Gary Harris obviously hurt, but he's now playing for the Magic, and RJ Hampton is just too well, new. It, it shows um, it shows the value of one our power forwards, even though they have decent names. We clearly had a huge upgrade, and even as great as Murray is, it shows our depth at point guard, right? Because we all thought Aaron Gordon in that scenario. So, question. Yeah, I love this question and answer session we've got going on right here. Question. Don't Nikola Jokic, NBA 2K rating for next year. <laughs> where do you think he comes out? I don't know where it starts know what's, at, what's but the max. 100. Well, currently he's rated as a 95. Uh, Boost that shit up oh. to 99. I don't know. What, he, are the, what are the ratings? Does he hit that elusive 99? Does, is LeBron in 99? He's got to be. Okay, 99. That wasn't a great question. I don't know. I don't, I don't have. I don't play video it, games. God, these fathers. There, None of, no one plays video games. Is there anymore. a more complete player in the I'm league than start, Nikola Jokic? Hey, I don't think that there is. Twenty twenty two resolution. Resolution. Neglect my children and start playing video games. I second that. Seems okay, reasonable. Support it. Done. Yeah. I feel like I should tell Karina. That that's your plan. <laughs> she's she's a long time listener. Okay, if we'll she if she's not listening, that's her fault. <laughs> I don't think this is a good move for you, Karina. <laughs> this is all going downhill so quickly. He's ninety five. He's got to be. He's got to move up. What, what's the weakness? Uh, well, currently, get, can the, get fouls. Is there a, a percentage for can get fouls? Because that's low. Ball his defense Ball is his defense. Is his weakness right now? False. It's fantastic. False. I feel like this is like when Ross tried to compare Rachel versus his new girlfriend. And Sebra, this is why you lost your cousin on our podcast. Yeah, Sebra, this is the wrong conversation. This is this is to the ladies. This is not Rachel. Not Rachem is basically we have what we're listeners. Right now. None of them oh, are ladies. What, what was uh? What they was are, that? by the way. That my coworker yeah, no. who I su- I suggested no, was ladies. a lady, and we were talking about double. We had, it was a woman. There's a difference. We had so. five <laughs> European listeners in the last week. Five. Well, per, we, it's progressive. It's progressive over our here. Our first Andrew. listener yeah. was an Australian looking for mining advice. So okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, quick aside. Right before we started on the pod, I had to stop everybody from talking because mm. Aunt. Because Sieber said a sentence that started with, so every Friday I ah. record Antiques Roadshow. It's technically every Monday I record Antiques <laughs> Roadshow. So we were talking about NFTs, and, and we were talking about an NBA Top Shop, and how a couple of us have purchased NBA Top Shop. And I've been who's challenging everybody to Every's try to describe this. Everybody but me. And, and so it has, been a, it has been a purchase of the portfolio. And so, Whoa, the taunting? <laughs> <laughs> So Sieber went into this early uh, stage uh, conversation about how he loves Antiques Roadshow, which who knows when the last time that was recorded. Come on. So uh, every Monday night, there's a new episode of Antiques Roadshow. And given the pandemic, they have not been making their way across the United States, where, where taking stuff out of grandparents' basements. So what they've decided to do is they air old episodes that were filmed mid-2000s. So think big boxy polo shirts, a lot of cargo shorts. Flannel? Sandals with socks. Do they revisit the valuations? A lot of 
bad ombres uh, up top from the hair perspective. Oh. And so they're not, do, not, not doing phrasing anymore. Yeah. So the thing that like comes out all the time with this is they, they show what they valued the, um, the antique for in 2007 or 2004, or nine or whatever it is. And then they price it for 2021's market. And they, it's either the same above or below. And there's a little right. like sound that goes with it. And so the NFTs, when it comes to this top shop, remind me a lot about these big, massive wood chest of drawers <laughs> that were extremely popular to collectors. Like you think like Philadelphia, Boston, Connecticut, these Chippendale things that just have a ton of craftsmanship. They look extremely pretty. But you know what? They weigh 400 pounds. They're huge in your house. And your parents love them. And they, it was a status symbol. But today's market, the people that are buying houses, the people that are trying to fill those houses, do not want a 300-pound wood antique in their house. And the value went from $20,000 for this chest of drawers to like $5,000 to this chest of drawers. So when we're talking about these NFTs and these NBA top shops, I just, I have a feeling that this is a very much like spur of the moment. This is the first time we've really seen this. Everybody's buying it, but come 15 years from now, when we're in our 17th pandemic uh, from now until then, <laughs> people are going to be like, remember that last pandemic when nobody was out spending money and they got all those stimulus checks and they weren't sure what to do with themselves. This NFTs. is what we're going to be talking about. Yeah, listen, I'm not going to disagree with a lot of what you just said. Can you tell me what top shop cards you have that you feel like you need to hold on to? That you think are worth lots of money? Apparently, I want to know exactly which them. I want to know exactly which ones no, uh, okay. you were no, refusing no, to sell. I, I need I'm going to I'm going to mute all of you. I would like cuz I need just somebody to lead this segment. I need somebody to define what what NFTs exactly these an are? NFT is a non-fungible token. I I <laughs> yeah, No, I and know the that acronym. Not, does that I did, not I tell you what it is? <laughs> Bush God. Hop in here while Mike's trying to figure out which dunk is hey, worth more than the other one. Can I just say I, I just un- officially unsubscribed from this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> we all did, buddy. What was the reason? Was it Antiques Roadshow? It was the second you started talking. I mean, I will admit, I, I started watching Antiques Roadshow uh, a couple nights oh, ago. God. Whoa. And um, I, I watched, I know exactly what you're talking about. They updated for 2021 prices, and Tori came into the room, and she's like, what the heck is going on? Wait, a couple nights ago? Yeah, well. And this was not this was not provoked, but this is you on your own? Well, there was nothing on. It was just it turned on to PBS, man. Hey man, spin-off pod, Antiques yeah. Roadshow Monday nights. Hey, let's do it. God, I hope you find a new producer. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we have terrible, terrible sound effects. I, I know, before we move off of this and Andrew decides to kick us out of his house, I want to know what Top so, Shot cards you have. Can you just please just run them down and why you think they're worth $50? And why you haven't sold them? Uh, so I have uh, Tyler Hero jump shot uh, December 29th, 2020 from the Cool Cat. A jump shot? Year. A Tyler Hero jump shot? Money. It's up for sale for $500. Jeez. <laughs> Wait, you're selling it for $500? Yep. To whom? Fi- well, wow. we'll up. Have idiot. you sold anything? An idiot. Jackson, God, Jackson Hayes dumps. That. Jan- January 6th, 2021. Who? A-Set series. A Jackson Hayes dunk. Never heard of him. 50 bucks. Draymond Green, assist. An January assist? 4th, an 2021. Assist? Jared Culver, dunk. December 27, 2020. I'm serious. If you care about this podcast, you will delete all of this. Chris Boucher. <laughs> it's Boucher. Boucher, thank you. Like Bobby. Block, January 8th, 2021. A block and assist and two jumps. Really, five hundred dollars? That's Three. what Mike is trying to sell it for. Three hundred sixty-four days until hockey season. I hope you get it. We all hope yeah. I get it, and then <laughs> never talk about it again. You can pay for this podcast, yo, man. If you get somebody to buy that for five hundred dollars, you did well. Like, good for you. Like, <laughs> you I need mean, to, like that person put that has got to reevaluate their nugget. life. No, you get that five hundred bucks, and you bet all of that on the Nuggets and the over, and triple for- up. Triple you up. got it. I, if if I pull out five hundred dollars, I'll nuggets on the over on the next game. <laughs> it's on record. You heard it here. God help the person that buys a Tyler Hero jump shot for Mike <laughs> Persichetti off the internet. 
Dude, the, he already the, bought it for four dollars. The, <laughs> the highest priced one was a couple hundred thousand. Of Tyler Hero jump shots? No, or? just of general oh, okay. of these. You should t- screenshot. Yeah, I mean, I, I also own a house, but it's not worth a million dollars. Actually. Well, yeah. talk to the Abram Cementum group. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll yeah, sell, remember I'll sell laying, for a million dollars. Yeah, laying in bed at night just thinking. Yeah. All right. Ooh. So comfortable. This so will be our last live podcast. <laughs> All right. Well, this was fun. Did you guys have fun? <laughs> until so the, until fun. the last 10 minutes. <laughs> well, Wrap it up here. <laughs> you got anything else? We, we didn't really do anything in the woods. Do you, do you have like. Yeah, we got a bush in the woods. You got a nugget to dig out for no, us? Hey, I got we want enough. a future bush in the woods on terrible stats. None of this good stuff or efficiency. I want the most inefficient, the shittiest nuggets out there, and I want you to talk about it. Well, bull bull. Who do we want to go after? Which team? You want cheated stats no, on the nugget? Yeah, Nugs, he, he, wants Nugs to, he wants and, to feel bad about and the Pistons. I love to shit on the Pistons. <laughs> all right, well, that's a heck of an ending it's to just the a hard guy pick who was like company. all about the Chauncey championship years with the Pistons. The Jeremy first live Grant episode left us. Put it up on a pedestal. Jeremy wow. Grant left this may us. continue for a while. And may we shit all over him the rest of his career. You sound like an angry ex-boyfriend. <laughs> so that's angry. Exactly episode fourteen. So angry. <laughs> from your Denver Five. Fuck Jeremy Grant. Whoa. Oh, come on. That's mean. Oh, those.